Great. How lucky is it to have Grant lead a meeting again, eh? Long overdue. So good, bro. It's good to have you with us. Lucker, man. He, he, he got out of it today. I wanted him to preach, but he said, I'm flying within a week, so I need to share. And so he passed the ball straight back my way, but I'll get him. I'm gone for five weeks, so he can have, he can have enough time to get his, his fair share. Anyway, it is good to see you guys. Welcome. Uh, there's so many people at the back that I don't know. Like, or either I've been oblivious for the last few weeks, or there's just a lot of visitors and uh, guys coming back. So good to have you guys back. And uh, then also so super lucky to have Gordon in here for the first time with uh, um, Kurt and Alzon getting baptized today, which is really exciting. And uh, super excited to celebrate just what the Lord is doing there. And they're good friends. Uh, we used to suffer together while training for a few years. So we know one another well. Um, ran, ran together for hours. Anyway, it's lucky to have you. Yes, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we'll chat about that. There's maybe another baptism, the baptism joining us, which is, which is great. So I'm actually not aware of who that is. No, is it somewhere. Yeah, yes, there. That's cool. That's gonna be great, man. Like, uh, um, I'm gonna start with a story today that's completely. It, it is appropriate, but uh, not applicable to my preach. Okay, but I, I was asking the Lord this morning. This morning, come on, I need some stories to share that it's just like a not as serious because I tend to get too serious too straight away. Okay, and I, as I as I said, as I felt, I, I, I was reminded of a story. So here we go. Okay, just getting saved. There's a there's a 15 year old Hannes boy. Okay, with good flesh, but I got, I came to salvation with a friend of mine who had bad flesh, okay? He was a bad kid, okay? He was a freaking naughty kid. But we got saved together, and, and so now we, we were like, um, man, we were best mates, church hunting together, whatever, and I stayed with him the one night, and, uh, and he's like, bro, we need to do something naughty. So I'm like, we just gave our hearts to Jesus like two weeks ago, like, what is up with this naughty stuff? And I says, no, man, like, not, not bad naughty, like, good naughty, okay? So, uh, so we, we start, uh, we, it's like, um, first of all, like at night in the streets, so we start playing tuk-tuki, okay? So it was a thing back in the day for the kids. So I'm not going to explain what it is. So I might get in trouble. So anyway, we run around the street and hit everyone, everybody's doorbells. And he tells me, wait, I know about an uncle who's struggling with anger management that lives in the street next door. Let's just go for hours to that house and we just ring that bell, okay? So uh, what is nice about his house was opposite his house, there was like a, a grass patch, like long grass, like a field, okay? So we could go ring the bell and just dive straight back into the grass. And we probably did it for about 30 minutes until the uncle sat with his shotgun on the, on the porch waiting for us. So we had to like crawl through the, through the field, like to get out to the other side and get away. So now I'm on edge already, okay? I'm not used to this. I didn't grow up like that. My parents didn't raise me to do stuff like that. And he says, no, man, it's still early. We can still do a few things. And um, so we remember that our youth pastor, okay, bad youth pastors, told us about something you can do. So kids, take note here today. And uh, it's like you, you, you go and you, you cut out out of a cardboard the shape of a cat, okay? So like the, the ears and the, the face and then part of the body. And you, you strengthen it at the bottom that you can pack it. And then you take foil for eyes. And you take like a big eyes. And you put it some on both sides of the cat, okay? And then you go to the road and you place this thing in the middle of the road, but almost like just around a bend. And so, and then what you go, what you do is you need to make sure, this is before load shedding, okay, so we had to improvise, but you, did you know that you can kick out lamp poles? Yeah? So if you go and you kick a lamp pole hard enough and it wiggles, then the light goes out, okay? 
this is bad stuff that I'm sharing with you. It's just, okay, so, it's like, it's adventurous, okay? So, you kick like three of it out, so there's like this dark patch in the road, and you put the cat down there, and as cars come around this bend, but you need to make sure that it's a road where they can't drive fast, okay? So, as they come around the bend, suddenly there's just eyes and the shape of a cat that is right there in the road, okay? And so, but this, it's really exciting. So, when you get all sorts of reactions, so... People like swerve out, some hit the brakes really hard. One old lady drove straight over the cat and, uh, and got out crying until she found the piece of cardboard, okay? And uh, so it's a rush, okay? We're having such a joy. And then, then he says, I've got one more idea. And uh, he says, if you take a piece of string and you, you, you like tighten it like really, really tight across the road, as cars drive through it, sometimes it gives like this loud snap, okay? If you, if you can strengthen it like really well. And it's like, oh, well, great, let's do that. So we go into his, his mom's room, find a piece of string there, okay? So we strengthen that thing across the road. And, uh, and we get like a nice big patch, first car that comes through. Go, okay? And uh, it's like 11 o'clock at night, okay? So guys get out, like look under the car, what happened? But obviously by then the string is on both sides, so they can't see what's up. Anyway, and, uh, and someone catches us doing it, and they call the cops. And so, while we, for the next round, busy tightening this thing across the road, here comes the blue lights, okay? And I, I tell you right now, good old Hannes with his good flesh starts freaking out, okay? So I'm like, I can't get caught by the police now, okay? So we start running in the direction of the home, and they turn and they start chasing us. So, so but I was quite fast, okay? And my friend as well. So we say, okay, well, let's just... They're going to have to keep doing that. So we, as they turn, we slowly run this way to not lose too much ground. And as they get to us, we sprint again to the other way. We run home. And like we did this with the cops the whole way. Told me we got closer and closer to the home. And eventually they caught us, okay? Terrible. And so, so now, now we have to explain what's going down here, okay? And, uh, and guess who we threw under the bus? My youth pastor, okay? I just said... Uh, so for, for the Afrikaans people, I said, my, my, us dwemen het gesê, ons kan hierdie goeders doen, okay? And we like, we start explaining like it was him. So they're like, what's hierdie dwemenies naam? And they said, nee, Petri Spitzers, we name him by name. It's like, he told us, this, this idea. In the end, we got away, okay? Like, they, it's like, because there was no harm done, and they were laughing at us. And they said, we actually know the dwemenie, okay? We, we got away really easy. But I tell you, I was guilty to the top of my head. I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, I was caught by the police, all right? And uh, then I started stressing for the next morning, what am I going to tell my parents? Okay, and, so, so, and I thought, no, no, they must never know. Okay, but I was like, man, when they picked me up that next morning, I said, mom, we got caught by the police. Okay, I couldn't hold it in. And, uh, and so my mom almost rolled the car. And after, after that, I could start explaining to her. And my mom actually really enjoyed it. She was quite proud that I did something ex- exciting in my life. Okay, so um, it was... Man, that was quite a, quite a rough story. That, and that, that, needless to say, my friendship ended with that friend. After that day, we never saw one another again. And uh, it was bad, but that was quite, quite exciting. Point is, I, I came into the light. <laughs> okay. it's like, there's no point in the story. I just wanted to share something really exciting with you guys. Thinking about getting caught. And, uh, uh, so kids, not in my street. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's, Atlantic Beach is a vibe. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, bad jokes. Don't do that and don't use my name as telling you these stories. Don't do what I did. <laughs> hey? <laughs> yeah, Nathan made you do it. <laughs> that's, a, that's the answer. Anyway, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and come back more serious right now, but uh, it is good just to laugh a bit and have some fun and get, being less serious. And, uh, but it's been an exciting week. I just want to say, uh, we, God has been busy. Who of you were here last week? And so last week uh, really felt like, yes, only half of us. Um, so we're like rotating in, 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 uh, in holiday time. But um, last week, really, there was a good sense of what the Lord was doing among us with the Word and, and repentance. What, is, what does it mean for us to repent? And um, man, we just, uh, Marissa and I had such an exciting week. We had like, our house was like a train station. And there just many of you and people just coming through and just bringing stuff into the light. It was, it was the most incredible thing just to see how so many of you responded to the, to the Word that was being preached. And it's just how shame and guilt and sin has been washed away. And... Uh, we, we had communion so many times this week just with people, well, we, uh, with a few other guys. And uh, just time with people we could celebrate, thank you for Jesus that died for us and that can really wash us, you know, be free. Um, and uh, God is busy doing that with us, you know, he's, he's, he's healing us. And, um, and I want to, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is a bold statement, but I'm going to try not be long this morning, okay? But uh, hey, hey, yo, guys can't believe it, okay? But uh, I, I literally have one scripture verse, okay? It's the whole of John 11, <laughs> which we're going to take. <laughs> so, and, uh, but uh, I just want to go through one familiar story with us this morning. But I, just what I think the Lord is doing with us, and to encourage us with doing this, you know? You know, the reason why I share about this week is what I really celebrate is that church is not about this one meeting that we have you on a Sunday for two hours, okay? It is not. It is actually God, the, the word cuts us, but then the outworking of and what we do within the week and how, how we respond to what was being preached is the key. And, uh, and I think that's what we celebrate so much. It's like there was an acting upon the word that came to our hearts, and we responded to the Lord. And, uh, and so I want to continue helping us to do that, to stay in that rhythm with God, uh, so that we can continue walking with Him, all right? You guys good with that? Okay, so we're going to read a lot. So if you want to take out your Bibles, you can, it's going to be up there as well. But we're going to read from John 11 this morning. And um, uh, it's a familiar story that we're going to get into. But uh, let's, uh, let's just start from, from this one. It says... Now, there was a man named Lazarus, okay, now you guys know already, most of you know, ha ha, I know the story, okay, the dead guy, okay, there was a man named Lazarus that was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha, and this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured out the perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. You guys know that story? Okay, so here we read about Mary and Martha again. You read about them a few times in the Bible, actually, okay? What is the one story that you remember about them? Okay, yes, serving. Martha serving, and Mary sitting and, and, uh, sitting and listening to Jesus, and Martha getting upset. Why aren't you helping, okay? And the same, same two sisters was the one where, I don't know what Martha was doing. It was at Martha's house. But Mary was wiping his feet with her hair and, and, and pouring out the perfume on his feet. So there is this, I love how there was this house that when Jesus was in Jerusalem and he, he could take a break, he chose to go to that house. And he says, I like being with them. Even though like there was this tension of sometimes between them. But Martha created a space where Jesus loved to come visit. And Mary loved to worship him. And uh, I, I have such a desire, you know, for, for us as a church, but for your homes and for you as a person, that Jesus would love to come and visit you and be with you because he's being served well and loved well in your life. Yeah? 
Grant said something interesting on uh, when they were at the elders meeting Tuesday night. He said, you know, the, 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 like following Jesus properly, there's a fine balance. He's somewhere, I can't remember the words you used, but it's, it says, uh, worshiping Jesus while is, sometimes, is, is, is somewhere between Martha's serving and Mary's worship. It's like finding that balance, both doing it well and, um, and learning to find that balance. Oh, balance is the wrong word, but like getting that right with when to do what, what the Lord requires of us. Anyway, that's them. He's at their house, okay? Or this is the, this is the Lazarus, their brother. He says, so, so these sisters send word to Jesus. says, Lord, the one that you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. Now, I read about this last night a little bit. I just tried to clarify. It says, Jesus knew that it's going to end in death. Okay? He, he knew that the sickness will kill him. So Jesus wasn't unaware of what was happening here. But he, the end result, we know the story. Like, if you, if you don't know the story, I'm so sorry. But spoiler alert, he's, he, this guy's going to wake up again. Okay? He, and, um, but Jesus wasn't oblivious to what was happening here. He says, the sickness isn't the point. Okay? He says, the point of the sickness is no, it is for God's glory. So that God's son may be glorified through it. And um, sometimes, I want to I ask you with that, do you believe that God does it with us today? Yeah. Pain and sickness and, uh, and, and things being done to us or, or things that, is, that, that in our bodies, that God is not unaware of it. He's not even unaware of the consequence of it. But are we so available to the Lord that he says, this is so that God's son may be glorified through it. That's a, that's a key, hey? All of us here sitting here, I don't know how many were this morning, but all of you sitting here has a story of what has happened in your life up until now as a child, after you got saved, before you got saved, someone that has done something to you, something that, something that you have done wrong. All of us have a story of pain and shame, and uh, many of us have stories of family, and even for you maybe of sickness, and um, all of you have a story. But the point is so that God's Son may be glorified through us, not just result in death, okay? Now, Jesus, and I love this verse, okay? This is a verse on its own. It says, now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. And sometimes we just need to remember that, okay? He was aware of the sickness, okay? He was aware of what's going to happen through it. But then he just says, I just want you to know that I do love you, <laughs> Okay? He isn't sitting there in the throne. He's like, suck it up. Okay? That's not his posture. He, he, he loved them. And then, then he's, but then there's this weird verse. He says, but when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And I think that is where many of us trip out with not understanding the Lord well. Is if he knew that Lazarus was sick and he heard the request from his sisters to come, why didn't he come? And it's, the Bible actually says he decided to stay two more days there. And I think sometimes with, with us and God, we see, oh my goodness, issue. And we say, okay, send word to Jesus. Okay, we pray, help me, God. And help doesn't come in the way that we expect it to come. And what, where do we land? God doesn't love me. How can a good God even do this or that or that? And we actually turn to the opposite spirit. We start accusing God and, uh, and say, like, he can't really be a God of love if he can let this and this and this and this happen. 
And God's son can't even be glorified through our story. It's just pain. It's just death. And uh, we, we turn away from him because we don't understand the nature of God well. Yeah? Is this making sense? All right. So it says, it stays two more days. And Jesus is late, okay? Jesus is late to the request in their eyes. And, he said, and then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. And, um, but then they said, but Robbie, um, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. And you're going back? Okay, so they tried to kill him in Judea. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks away in daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Quite interesting what Jesus says here. He says, so listen here, uh, in daytime, I, I don't know what he, why I even used that to answer them. It's like, I think we have a better chance of day here that they won't try and steal or stone me in open day, daylight, okay? But uh, like, actually, the, also, I went to read a little bit last night in the, just the study, study Bible where the guy says that Jesus was explaining to them, if you walk in the light, you will not stumble. But if there's darkness in a person, what happens? We stumble, okay? And if you ever bump your shin against a coffee table in the middle of the night, okay? Or now, like, our, t- our child just leaves stuff in the middle of the floor, which isn't supposed to be there, okay? And when you try and fetch her at night, okay, and try and be all quiet, <laughs> kicking stuff around there, okay, wake up the baby. And, uh, because we can't see in the dark. And there is something actually that is happening. And I love that word that also came, you know, that's coming. So it is like light is coming to us. And uh, we, we, many of us have, or many of you have walked in darkness before, walking with sin and shame. The only result of keeping stuff in the dark is that you'll stumble. It's the only result. But coming into the light, Jesus says this, is that we will not stumble and fall. And uh, I just want to say one of the most beautiful things from this week. I mean, we had a lot of people in our house there. But in every conversation, straight through, yeah, this was the one common phrase. So this is beautiful, man. We just had a b- bunch of guys coming in just saying, man, I just feel I need to share this. And they just start unpacking life stories of what happened from young, what they can remember, first moments, whatever, and then stuff that they did wrong and whatever. Just repentance and just coming free, actually. It's a miracle, man. And then all of them at one stage used this phrase. And they, where they would pause and they would say, I've actually never told anyone this. Yeah. And then right there, it's like light comes. Yeah. And, and God just comes into darkness. It's a every, without a doubt, straight through the bank so far. Yeah. And uh, in that moment, very often, there's the, there's the hook which Satan would come when you're in worship or when you want to try and do something. I know this because I've been there. Okay? The devil comes and he says, you want to do this. And they don't really know who you are, but I know. And he reminds you, he reminds you of our, of our sin and shame. And he comes and he loves to put it against you. He loves to, to remind you in dreams about what you've done. And it's in darkness. And, he, and the Bible uses this word, he says, it, and it torments us. Yeah? It's like he harasses us, like just has his way with us What is in dark. And what does that cause us to do? Cause us to stumble and withdraw. And, uh, and we put up a front, which we think that what they want to know of me would be this. So we rather just do this. But who you really are, it's like you and the Lord and the devil knows, but it's in the dark. Just by the way, God knows anyway, <laughs> okay? He, he's been there, okay? And um, it's just beautiful, actually, what God is doing. I love light that's coming, okay? But after he said this, he went on to tell them, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him, okay? Now, this is, this is how we understand Jesus, okay, even today. And his disciples replied, Lord... 
If he sleeps, he'll get better. Why do you want to go wake him up? The dude's been sick, okay? That's literally, uh, I want to say, it sums up the human race there, okay? Like, unaware of the spiritual. Jesus is basically trying to tell them that the, the, he died, okay? And they're like, but he's sleeping, man. Leave him. He'll get better if he's, I don't know. It's just funny verses how they put it in here somewhere, okay? And then Jesus, but Jesus had been speaking of his death. But his disciples meant, I thought that he meant natural sleep. And then Jesus does us. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay? Let me just help you here. It's not, he's not taking a nap. He's dead. Okay? Sometimes God has to come and do that with us. Where it's like, the, how many of you have, have been hearing like a word? It feels like a hundred times. You read the same scripture a hundred times. And then sometimes it's like, Jesus takes you and he says, it's like, he does, it's like, he's not sleeping, he's dead. Okay? And, he, and he has to almost, in a sense, put it plainly to us. What is he doing? And sometimes it feels, I actually think it's what the Lord has been doing for us. It's like for many, time, many years now, or for a long time, God is just speaking to us. Come into the light. Like, get free. God wants to heal us. And uh, sometimes the Lord then just comes like, wakes us. And it's like, see now, this is what he's doing with us. And then he says this, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe goes against everything what we're feeling often understanding the Lord, you know. It's just like God is basically saying he's glad that Lazarus died so that you can believe. But let us go to him. And then Thomas, also known as the twin or Didymus, I don't know how you say that, okay, said to the rest of the disciples, yeah, let us go that we may also die with him there, okay, because I think Jesus is going to get stoned when he gets there. So now they, they're mocking this thing. It's like, I don't know what's happening here. Let's just go. We're probably going to die, okay. Thomas, doubting Thomas. All right. Then on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days already. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting what they say, why they highlight that is um, the Jews believe that for three days your, your spirit or your soul would like hover around there to try and find a re-entry in your body because it's like that's what they believe about the resurrection. Okay? It's like that maybe after three days something could still happen if you come to life. But the point of four days is like, they, then they also said, it's funny, I read this, this is what theologians say about it. Okay? So it's, they believe after four days that even the spirits give up. Okay? So it's like it's too late. Okay? The dude is starting to smell. It is not going to, okay, it's uh, it, even, the, even the spirit give up. Okay? He's not coming back to life. But so four days is significant. Point is, Lazarus is dead dead. Okay? He, he was, he was morse do it. Okay? There was, no, there was no, no life left there. Nothing left. Okay? And so it says, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Okay? So from Rubik Strand. And um, from here. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, what does Martha do? She goes and fetch him, okay? She says she goes to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. And I think there was, it's quite interesting, yeah, even just seeing the two characters of the sister, I think there was something about a disappointment in Mary of Jesus just a few days earlier, like I, I wept at your feet and I loved you and you didn't come when I needed you. There was something here that, that she, she felt she had a real connection with him and um, he didn't care to come when she needed him. And disappointment caused her to not even run to him the next time that he did come. We must be careful of that, eh? Misunderstanding God and then he does come. But because we think we, we, we don't understand him, we, just, we actually don't run to him when he does come then in, in, in the timing and his ways that he wants to come. And um, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she believes you are able to save. You're able to heal. You're able to, 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 to help. 
Um, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So she kind of opens this door here and just say, I know that all things are possible with you. So I don't know what you came here to do. But whatever you want, God is able to do it through you. And um, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And then Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the re- resurrection at the last day. So she believes. I know when he's coming back, all of us are going to rise. I believe in eternity. So all of us, I believe that, okay? So she's like thinking again, misinterpreting what Jesus is saying here to you. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So if you don't understand that, Jesus is saying here, if you believe in me, our inheritance is not on this earth. Even if you die, you're going to live. And I, I want to just ask again, do you guys believe that? That our, that our inheritance is not here. Remember that our life is like a mist. Here today, gone tomorrow, and then forever and ever, we can be with him. Or not. If you don't believe in him. Okay? If you haven't made him Lord. I'm not going to get into that now. Okay? And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. That's salvation right there. Jesus is asking, do you believe this? That, that it is not just about what is happening here, what you can see. It's not just about the healing that didn't happen or did happen. He says, do you believe that I am the one that, that God promised for the salvation of the world? She says, yes. I believe that you're the Messiah. I, I wonder if Martha, this is, I mean, that's a salvation moment. Oh, maybe she got saved before him. But it's like, that's it. Declaration of faith. Like, I believe you're it. Okay. I believe that you're able to do whatever. Um, that's worship actually right there. Yeah. And uh, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She says, the teacher is here. And he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews that had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached a place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It sounds very similar to what Martha said, you know. She says, I believe that he was able to heal. And then there's this verse. It's when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And he asked, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then the shortest verse in the Bible, probably one of the most powerful ones, it says, and Jesus wept. And the Jews said this, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not have opened the eyes of the blind and have kept this man from dying? And again, it's quite interesting, hard hearts and soft hearts. It's the same moment, same Jesus, same tears. And some some see the revelation, see how he loved him. And they saw the compassion and others mocked. Says he could he could save some other guys open the blind eyes, but he couldn't save this guy from dying. Hard heart, and um, it's quite a scary, a scary, a scary concept that that um, sometimes we can sit under the word, but a hard heart could just like just bounce off us, and actually we mock and we we scoff and we 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 don't see right what Jesus is doing, but soft hearts enable us to see the love of God that He does have for us, and. Um, even, even with your situation, you know, do you, I, 
I feel just need to say this, and I don't know what pain, even when I said, told the stories of the, the previous stories of guys coming into the light and sharing stuff that they never shared, and, and pain and trauma and, and anxiety and, and stuff that has been done to you. Like, what is, the, what is the posture of Jesus in that moment, do you think, when it happened to you? And even today, when you're carrying it? Do you see a Jesus sitting on a throne and he's just like, suck it up and get it right. It's for my glory and uh, come through it. Or do you, do you believe that there's a Jesus that is actually crying and, and weeping about our pain? Because he loves us and he takes no delight in suffering and harm that's being done to us. Or even our sin that causes us many pain and troubles. He weeps. He weeps for us. But it's just, okay, and he's holy. And, uh, and there's these, these um, I think, the, like Andrew says, the extremes of God that we have to hold in tension sometimes. But I just want to say today that, that I believe that Jesus is here today and he's, he's weeping over, over pain that we carry. And, um, and, he, and he's not saying, I don't feel the, the, the emphasis of the message which is coming with today is like repent and turn and come into the light. I see a Jesus coming alongside us and, and standing there and he's, he's moved with compassion and saying, come, come into the light. Darkness will just cause you to stumble. Come into the light, weeping over you. You know, I didn't put this in my notes, but a few years ago, I was troubled and I, I had stuff that I had to bring into the light and I, I was walking with the Lord and I, I felt lost at a stage. And... Um, and um, one of the big things that, that I, it was the weirdest moment, okay? But, but three years ago, it's actually, yeah, it's around about this time. Merv, Merv, I went to spend some time with Mervis, and um, he asked me, like, what, do, what do you feel, what do you believe about God, about the day that you were born? Like, what is the, what is the desire of God that he had for you in his heart? And, and it's a weird question. I mean, I don't ever think that far, okay? So I'm like, I don't know, man. I need to go pray about this stuff, okay? So he says, no, man, let's worship a bit. And so we go sit at the piano and Murph starts worshiping. And, and um, it was the weirdest thing. Like, uh, so I sit there and I ask the day, Jesus, remind, someone, could you, could you show me the day that I was born? What, what was it like, you know? What, what, how, what, what happened, you know? And, um, and I remember sitting, sitting in Murph's house and at the piano. And, and it was clear as day. I saw this picture of, uh, I'm from Bloemfontein for the people who don't know me, okay? But I just saw... Dry Bloemfontein. I just saw dead grass, dead trees. Dead, that's what I saw when I, when I prayed. It's like, it, was, it was like this vivid image in my head, and I just saw dry. And I, I saw my backyard. I, I remember the house where I grew up. And, it's like, I, and I, I wept. I said, surely, God, it can't be. It's like everything just looks dead. And it, was, there, was there no excitement? Was there no life? Was there nothing? Like, where were you? And um, I remember I, I was troubled by it, you know. It's like, I mean, I never thought about it this deep, but now I'm worried, okay. And, um, and I, I remember wrestling with the Lord about this thing. I said, God, surely it can't be that that is what you felt about, about the day that I was born. And, um, and I, I went home to, to go spend time with my dad, actually, and I had a few things that I wanted to ask him. And I remember, Dad, tell me about the day that I was born. Like, what was it like, you know. And, and my dad was sharing with me, and, and he was like, and I said to him, this, because this is a picture that I have, and he says, and he was just saying, really, it wasn't. Like, he can't remember what it looked like, but they were excited. Do you remember how they, they, when he prayed on the way to the hospital and said, Lord, may this, may this boy of ours serve you forever. And he, my dad prayed that, you know. So, so he says, in our hearts, what you're doing today is like, it's life. It's an answer to prayer. It wasn't death. 
And so, but, but that image remained in my head. And um, I went and I found some old, um, I actually should have had the photos here this morning that I could show you, but I, I went to find some old photo albums. And there was a photo of my, my older sister a month before I was born. And uh, I tell you to a T, the, the image that I saw in my head. My backyard, dead grass, no life. And, uh, and actually, when I, asked my, when I went to go look, it was one of the worst droughts that they had um, a month before I was born. And um, yes, now I'm troubled there. <laughs> I said, Lord, no, man, this ain't right. Like, why? What is, I don't know where I'm going with this, okay? But there was something in, something in me that was like, God, I don't know. Like, it just feels painful. Why do I feel like, that, like it didn't matter? That was probably the question. Why do I feel like, like there was no purpose for me coming to this earth, no excitement, no joy, just death? And, um, and I wrestled that thing with the Lord, and then I, he didn't answer it that day. Jesus was late, okay? And, uh, and I, I went through a whole season of pain and working out through the Lord, working out stuff with my family. And then, actually, when, when, the, when the painful season was through, I remember we went on holiday with the Oxleys, and we went, did like a whole trip to Richard's Bay, go visit James and Jen when they sang their surf trip. And we came back through Bloom and um, stayed a night with my folks. And just before we went to Bloom, they had one of their best raining seasons in the history. And I remember I was driving, and all three, my wife and the two oxys, were sleeping in the car. And I drive into that town, and it's the greenest that I've ever seen that place. And I, I, I took photos of the same area of my house. I should have had the photos here this morning. But the contrast was day and night. Now, the one is just death, same area, same fence, same everything, and it's just dry. And the other side is the greenest green that we've seen in life, and plants and flowers and trees and fruit hanging on the trees. And uh, I just felt the Lord say to me, this is what I had in mind the day that you were born. And, um, and I, it, was, it was the weirdest thing, but I felt him coming alongside me. And this is, for, if it doesn't make sense to you, I'm sorry, this is something that the Lord did in my heart. Eh? But uh, I, I, it's like I saw the Jesus that didn't sit on the throne and just say, suck it up and come over it, you know, and uh, just it's my glory and get it right. But I saw, I saw a Jesus that came alongside and just actually weeping, eh, weeping and saying, but this is actually what I want to do through you. Look now, look now, grass, green, fruit, flowers, the season of, the, the time of singing has come, that's what the Bible says, the springtime has come, and uh, I had that moment with the Lord, you know, that I felt like, I saw it, it was like this, I saw Jesus, it's like, I saw the Jesus weeping, and, uh, and he did something in my heart, and I'll, I'll have that photo, I'll send it on a church group, maybe I'll show you, it's quite powerful, and, uh, but I actually feel God wants to do that for you guys. See, he wants, to, he wants to come into those areas of pain and, uh, and significant moments. And, and, and he, he wants you to see where he was and what his posture was like. Not closing his eyes, turning away, oblivious, not caring, weeping, weeping. Let's continue reading. Verse 38, it says that Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. And it's interesting sometimes, you know, just with the timing, is um, we don't understand the Lord's timing. We know this, and it's clear in this picture. But then he comes to the tomb. There's sometimes just a day that he comes to the tomb. And he says, now. Okay. And I, I think we're in a season like that where it's like Jesus is coming to the tomb, and he's just saying, okay, it's been a number of years, and now, now I'm coming. And um, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he said, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. How's that? Okay. But this time, there is a bad odor, for he's been in there for four days. 
And then, then Jesus said this. And sometimes like Jesus is kind, 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 kind. And then, he, then he's like, now I need you to get this. He says, they do not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. And sometimes there comes a switch where he says, don't any longer try and understand this. Trust me now. Believe me now. You know, sometimes I think the biggest trip is when we can't get past the bridge of, I just don't understand it. Sometimes God is like, he holds us in, he's, he's kind, he, says, he tells him plainly, and he, and he works with him. And then sometimes he says, like, come on now. Don't any longer try and make sense of this in your own head. Believe me. Trust me now. So then they do this. So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. It's quite interesting. Jesus is praying this prayer. He says, we already had this chat. I'm just praying it again, that these guys can know that you, you sent me, that I am the Messiah. Basically, that's what he's doing. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, and a cloth around his face. So he's not coming out of the tomb, running like, Woo-hoo! and he picks up a guitar and starts worshiping and starts serving. Okay, the dude's coming out like a mummy. Okay, like wrapped in cloth. And I don't know if there was blood on or some stench. And he even had a cloth around his face. So he can't even see properly. Okay, and he's walking out, probably not like this, okay, but like, he's, he's walking out, tied up, probably like shuffling out there, okay, and, uh, and it's not, it's not a glorious entrance into life, okay, and I think sometimes also we expect like Jesus calling us, uh, coming out of the grave, he's like, I ran out of the grave. There are times, but there's also times where you just come like, okay, and it, and it looks, it looks quite messy, but, but when Jesus comes and he calls you, there is something that the deadest of dead guy can come out, okay? And there's times where I felt like God called me and I ran, ran out of a grave and I was free. And there's other times that he was like, okay. And, uh, and he's standing there and, and I think they probably wrapped them like that and what's balsam? Um, bomb them, okay? And like, I don't know. Like, so the dude even has like Vicks on him or whatever, okay? And he's like, um, he can't even get his own cloths off. He's just standing there, okay? Biggest miracle ever, but um, now you just stand there. And um, I think sometimes that's what we like with God. He calls us, we get saved, and we respond, but it's not the glorious running out of all your freedom and out of all your stuff and shame and sin and whatever, and then now we're free. We just live for Him on, on level 100. I think often we come out of the grave, and, and often we just stand there, and, and we, we carry these grave clothes with us. And we, now we are a dead man walking, and a miracle, and he saves us. But we do nothing about it, and we try and follow Jesus like, like this. And, uh, and constantly reminded of the stench of death that's sitting in your face. And, uh, and when you look at, look at yourself, there's just death. So Jesus tells them, says to the others, okay, says to you, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And there's a, there's a real power, and I want to say, this is where church is, for me, in the essence, the reason where Jesus said, like, I'm going to make known me, Jesus, through the church, is that we can come to one another and we can help take off grave clothes that he, they carry. God is the one that calls you out of the grave. We don't. Okay? God is the one who saves. 
but we help one another take off grave clothes and the stench of death and help one another come into life and come free. It's powerful, eh? It's powerful where, where there's something about that God, God forgives us. I, cannot, I can't do it for you, okay? Jesus died for you. He paid for you. It's his blood, okay? But we help one another come into life and, and the outworking of it. And um, that's, that's powerful, eh? And says, so therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. Soft heart. Wow. Look at God. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then, spoiler alert, if you go to the next portion, they actually try and kill Lazarus. <laughs> Hard hearts. I've just seen. I've just seen what Jesus had done. And a hard heart says, we better kill Lazarus again because people believe in Jesus because of him. <laughs> How's that? I don't know if you want to be resurrected anymore. <laughs> now, you're, now you're going to be stoned or whatever. <laughs> you were sick, now you're going to be stoned. I don't know. Yeah? And, uh, and, and again, as we all know, spoiler alert, Lazarus does end up dying. I don't know how he dies, but he does die again. So the point is not life on earth here. It's a, it's, I think it's something that Jesus is showing us. Yeah? But... Um, it's just two things that I, that I feel I want us to respond to. I went long again, sorry guys. But two things that I feel really Jesus is doing among us here this morning. It's the first thing that I wanted to ask you is, have you come out of the grave yet? Yeah? That's, a, that's the first question. I, I think for, for many of us, you know, today we're celebrating Kurt and Azan coming out of a grave. Yeah? And they're not bad people. I've known them before they were saved, okay? Yeah? It's like it, the grave doesn't equal horrific. Just, it just means dead, spiritually dead, actually. Okay? And Jesus calling us out of a grave means responding to the Lord when he calls us. And actually, all of us have to have this day. We say, I need to receive what Jesus has done for me on the cross. And he calls you. He actually comes in and calls you by name. That's how profound it is. is it, I don't know. Who you, when you got saved, maybe it wasn't a meeting like this. I remember I was at a youth camp with like three, 400 people. I tell you, there were many that responded to the Lord like that. I felt like I was the only one. I don't know if you guys remember it. There were guys that came alongside and whatever. I tell you, it felt like God has called me by name. And I responded and I wet my eyes out. I couldn't care who else less what was happening here. Okay? It was like Jesus came and he called and he said to me, Hannes, come out. Okay. That's where it started. And till today, I'm busy taking off grave clothes. And it's what it's like, you know. But like, I want to ask, have you had the day where you heard Jesus come and say, J.E., come out. Alta, come out. And Francho, come out. Like the, the times where he calls us by name, he says, come into light. And if you haven't, and I said, today, today God is calling, you know, where, where today God is saying, like, today is the day of salvation. Come out into light. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect off the bat. You're not going to come out running out there and looking like the best Christian ever. And it's okay. That happens. None of us look like best Christian, whatever that looks like, okay? None of us look like that. Like, it just means we're coming out of a grave and we're wrapped in linen. And it's like, okay, Jesus, here we are. And then the process starts of working out our salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. And um, I want to say, I'm going to make a call quite soon for that. But I want to say, if you're sitting here, and just even as I'm sharing that, you realize, I've never actually done that to say, I need Jesus, I need salvation. I need to come out of my grave. Today is the day. Today is the day we can respond to the Lord. All right? So we're going we're gonna to get there. 
But I want you to be ready for that. Yeah? Then the second thing is, like last week, if I can summarize the whole preach, it would have been that repentance proven by fruit. Yeah? And it, it feels like this is what's happening with us, you know. It's just repentance that actually shows life, a coming into the light more and more, and uh, enabling others to help unwrap grave clothes. That's what's happening. Allowing others to help you take off the stench thing that is sitting in your face and uh, that you can't see and uh, help people to take it off for you. you. Your arms are bound and your legs are bound, enabling people to help it take off for you. And nobody can force you. That's the thing with this. It's like Lazarus could probably try and run back into the grave or run away or whatever and, uh, if he didn't want to. But it's, it's a coming, it's like, hey man, can I make a time with you? I just want to come and share. Don't, don't wait for people to come and scratch. Just say, I just want to come chat with you. And then often as, as, as we do it, it's like, it's a light just comes like, yes, man, I actually remember this. I, I remember that. I, there's a, those moments, like just enabling people to help you take off the grave clothes, pray with you, repent, forgive, renounce, and uh, see what the Lord does and heal us, deliver us, make us free. And um, I really want to encourage you that it includes all of us, okay? All of us need to live a life of repentance that is proven by fruit. And uh, it's a season that it feels like that the Lord has for us to just come into the light and be free. Be forgiven. Be, walk free. Walk shame free. You know, for years before I came into the light and before I had those moments, and I still do it today, but um, sometimes I, like, I remember that time I would sit there and it's like, I would, I would be in church, yeah? even in leadership. And there would just be times where the devil would remind me, you remember that night. And it's, I tell you, clear as day. Boom. Sit there. Remind me of my sin and shame. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, okay. Because I'm like, it's true. It did happen. Yeah. And if I wanted to bring a word or if I wanted to lead worship right now, no, 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 no. Just retreat back into the grave. And uh, I'm reminded of my grave clothes. And uh, God wants to free us, man. That's what He wants to do for us. Okay. So um, I want to make a call. And I'm going to pause back. You guys must help me here. But. Um, I do want to, let's close our eyes. And, um, Lord, I, I do sense that you're here with us. It's like you, you're among us, you, you're walking among us. And I, it feels like there's a tender, tender-heartedness today. That Actually, it's Jesus, the one weeping, the one moved with compassion, the one with love in his eyes, walking among your people today. And um, Lord, I just so aware that you, it's like you're seeing every bit of hurt and pain and um, abuse and just stuff that has happened, God. Our sin that has caused pain for others. Um, and uh, you, you want to help us take off grave clothes. God, you want to call us into the light. And um, I just want to believe you, Lord. And I firstly, Lord, I just want to pray. I thank you that you are the one that calls us out of our graves. Um, you turn graves into gardens. <laughs> and, uh, and call us into your marvelous light. And you want to do it for some today, God. That maybe for the first time, you're going to call them by name and just say, come out. Come walk with me. Come follow me. Come be with me. And I, and I want to, I just while, while eyes are closed, I want to pray. If there's, if there's any of you that just while we're speaking, you realize today it's like God is calling you by name. We are 120 people maybe here, but it feels like Jesus is on you. And he's saying to you, come out. Come into the light. Come follow me. And you want to do that. You want to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I need your forgiveness. I need to come out of my grave. I need to come into light today. I'm, I'm dead spiritually, but you want life. If that's you, don't you want to raise your hand quickly where you are? I just want to pray with you. Great, man. 
Thank you. Is there anyone else I want to say, today, today I need to respond to the Lord and I want to come into life. I want to come out of my grave. If you feel spiritually dead, thank you. That's great. If you're spiritually dead, and it's like Jesus calling you out of that tomb today. I just want to raise your hand quickly. I feel still one more. That's great. Thanks, bro. You can let your hand down. Oh, great. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? I just want to look up. Great. Thank you, God. Lord, I, I actually just feel do a little bit different, but I, I just feel that you see this this morning and you see the pain. You saw those responding now. And um, I just want to pray, God, would you call him, them today? Would you call both those guys and just call them into light, out of death, out of darkness, into your marvelous light and life. I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and... Um, Breathe life in them today, that, that, they, that they would never go back into that tomb. Pray for that, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you. I'm going to pray with you guys afterwards. Let's feel to do it that way around. Um, I just, while we're busy as well, I'm just speaking about the grave clothes. And, and I, I think like, it's like this, even for me, that sometimes the Lord just like, he searches our hearts. And he, suddenly you're like, oh, man, this thing, this thing, this thing, this area. This area where we're still bound by stuff. And you, you just want to say, God, I want to recognize the season and the timing of it. And I want, to, I want to be unbound of my grave clothes. And I'm aware that you do it. You call me to life. But people help me come into life, come into light. And, uh, and you want to say to the day, today to the Lord, you want to respond to them and say, Lord, I need grave clothes taken off me. Um, I want to ask you to stand just where you're at. Um, if, if that is you, if, if, God is, if you, if God is speaking to you, just say, God, I, just, I need today to respond to this. And grave clothes need to come off. Come on, there's more of us. And you need to respond to this thing. Um, yeah. Is the call not clear enough? <laughs> let, me, let me try this again. I think there's more of us need to respond here. Okay. We're bound by stuff. That has happened in our past. I'm not speaking about stuff that necessarily even happened yesterday. I'm speaking about years of stuff that the enemy still comes and reminds you of. And he still puts it before you. And if you would be honest, you don't feel forgiven before the Lord for that stuff. And the enemy reminds you of it and he haunts you and he tortures you actually with it. And you want to say, God, I need to come free. I want to ask you to stand. And just say, God, today, it's like I want to say, yes, help me take off grave clothes. Okay. Thank you, God. I really feel there's more of us. This is not a shameful thing, guys. I just want to say, this is probably the most beautiful thing that I've seen in my life happening in the church. Okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Mm. Great. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you guys. And I want to encourage you to, for you to set this thing in motion. Who are you walking with? The, the people that's close to you, the elders that's overseeing your community, your community leaders, just set this thing in motion today and says, hey, I just need to come and chat to you. I just feel there's something as the Lord has highlighted. And just you start this ball rolling. Okay? It doesn't have to be me. We're available, but there's many, many here that love well. And people that can help you see the Jesus weeping over the pain and sorrow and are calling you into light. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to do something. Lord, I just want to, you see these people responding this morning. And I'm, I just want to pray, Lord, let your light shine.
on dark areas. God, like David pray, search our hearts, Lord. See us and know. See if there's any wicked way in us, Lord. God, search our hearts. And I want to pray for those, those things that the enemy loves to put before us and remind us of, of our sin and shame and guilt. Lord, whether past or present even, God, I just want to pray, would you let your people come into light and let grave clothes be taken off, God. I just want to pray for, for any impure spirits that is tormenting us, Lord, that there will come an end to that for people in Jesus' name. I pray, would you deliver and free your people as they come into the light, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I just pray that no longer, Lord, we'll be a, be a church that is bound. But walking free, God. We pray for that, Lord. I pray today, set something in motion for your people, Lord. Just come and heal. Just come and heal, God. Yes, God. Yeah. Mm. What I feel we need to do. And this is really to activate all of us, actually. You guys know you are the people that Jesus is saying. You guys can keep standing. It's okay. And it's just, you respond to the Lord. But, but for all of us here, actually, God, is, God said to them, that's watching them, is take off the grave clothes. And actually, we come alongside people and we, we help them. And uh, I really feel for us this morning, we, I want us to serve these guys. And it's not a, I really want to say this, just out of the bat. It's not a shameful thing to come into the light. It's the most freeing thing ever. And, uh, and I feel we want to we serve them this morning. And we've got communion prepared there at the back. And um, I want to encourage you guys that are sitting and, and feel that, the, that you're in a good space with God. I want you to go grab communion, enough for people, for others as well. And come and find someone that's standing. And take communion with them. And thank Jesus for the cross with them. Thank Jesus for life with them. And you don't have to necessarily dive into the deepest of deep issues with them now. It's not a Sunday thing, this. But just start the process of, of serving them and helping them take off grave clothes. If you're a visitor with us, please, you don't have to stress. You can just enjoy. We'll take communion with you and just love you. There's no pressure. But, but for those of you who are part of this house, I want you to grab communion and come and serve someone. And um, just love them. And, uh, and set something in motion today of taking off grave clothes with them. And uh, then we see where the Lord takes us from there. If you, um, I'm thinking now of the families and so on. If you guys are together um, and you don't know someone that you want to pray for, you guys are welcome just to take communion as a family. So you can grab communion at the back. And uh, just, we're going to celebrate Jesus together, His life and His resurrection for us. And um, so we, we're not done yet, okay? We, we're going to keep going here and uh, just minister to one another, all right? So why don't we grab communion I want to ask for the leaders, if you see, or for any of our members, if you see some of the visitors that doesn't have communion, you can grab some and just go sit with them and take communion with them. Um. Great. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray for us, and then you guys just as you together in your groups, you can just take it together when you're ready. And uh, but we're just going to let the Lord work a bit. Is that cool? So we're not going to rush the process. Um,
just have had two people come to me and say there is some resistance of letting God take the grave clothes off and letting others know. And, and there's a pride in that. And even pride needs to be laid down. And, a, and, and not underestimating the hardness of heart that can move you away from this process. And so actually there's, a, there's an empathy in the Lord calling some of us to repentance in that area. Do not harden your heart to the process. So if you actually still need prayer, you're welcome just to raise your hand and we can pray with you if that's you, if there was a resistance. I'm just going to pray. Jesus, it is a miracle what you're doing. And uh, we just want to thank you, God, for your blood that was poured out for us on the cross, Lord, for the forgiveness of sin and, uh, and for healing. And uh, that your body was broken, Lord, beyond recognition, Lord, so that we don't have to be broken. And I, I thank you today that there's a Jesus among us that is weeping with us and uh, coming to heal and to care and not a Jesus that is far off. And I just pray, Lord, would you come and do a miracle as we just celebrate you together, your life and your resurrection, and that life will come to dead bodies today in the name of Jesus.